today we celebrate Aretha Franklin. Sad at her passing, but the music lives on. That song also done by Dionne Warwick. Say a little prayer. What a voice. Welcome back to Sports Scene. What a voice with our next guest, too, from the SEC Network. Laura Rutledge is going to talk a little college football with us. Hello, Ms. Laura. How are you? I'm great. How are you, Steve? Laura, I'm okay, and I really appreciate you doing this, and you're busy. Gracious. <laughs> uh, you know, this morning, and, you know, you, uh, you, your work ethic is, well, I know it's always been good. It's amazing. But let's, a lot of places to go here. Here's where I want to start. Has anything given developments in camps uh, you know, quarterbacks either transferring. Has anything changed your outlook from, say, you know, two, three weeks ago regarding the SEC? Yeah, you know, I do think that this time of year, a lot of question marks are surrounding all these different programs. Um, but as far as the outlook changing, you know, I still feel pretty confident in the fact that Alabama is going to be the team to beat in the SEC. One of the things that has changed my outlook a little bit, actually Jalen Hurts' comments to the media you know, a couple weeks ago or a week and a half ago or whatever it was, where he sort of aired some dirty laundry that we don't usually see that happen with Alabama quarterbacks. To me, if, if Jalen Hurts felt like he was going to win this quarterback job, he wouldn't say all that. So I think everyone sort of agrees that Tua Tungavailoa is a generational-type passer, and, and his arm brings exceptional ability. But one of the big arguments for Jalen Hurts' case has been that 26-2 and record as a starter. I think what we're seeing now is that maybe Nick Saban doesn't care about the records and it's more about who's going to open up the offense, which makes actually perfect sense. It's just a matter of what do you do when you've got these two guys. And, you know, you mentioned transfers. We saw a couple guys leaving LSU. And, you know, hey, that's nothing to really even be concerned about. Just to me basically says that Joe Burrow's the guy at quarterback there. Right. And those other two felt like they're not going to be the guy. But where it's different at Alabama is that Jalen Hurts is an exceptional player. Now, he just may not be as good as Tua Tungavailoa for what they want to do offensively. But wherever he ends up landing, if he ends up leaving or if he doesn't win the job or whatever it may be, he's still a great player. So it just further accentuates the idea that Alabama continues to reload at a level that really no one except maybe Georgia is knocking on that door, but no other program's really there. You know, you mentioned uh, Tua and, and what we saw in a brief glimpse in the national championship game. I, I think everybody, Laura, would agree potential, whatever that is, is there. But I kind of question a little bit. It's a really small sample size. Is that a fair point, or do you think he's that good? Yeah, it's a fair point, but I actually believe he's that good. And, and one of the things that sort of sets that in in my mind pretty much in stone is watching the practices leading up to the Sugar Bowl even, which of course was before the national championship, Tua Tungavailoa was taking the majority of the reps. And at that point, you know, it wasn't released that that was what was going on. But Jalen Hurts had gotten sick, actually, when they were in New Orleans. And so Tua was taking the majority of the reps, and you could just see how much better they were offensively. And I think, Steve, that if Alabama had struggled against Clemson, which if you remember, you know, there was kind of that, that sequence of events in the first half where Alabama got in a roll because their defense was making things happen. I think if they had struggled in that game, I think they were planning to bring two in at that point. Ended up being best case scenario for Alabama because they didn't have any of Tua on tape 
at that point, and they were able to bring him in as almost a, a surprise, almost ace in the hole type thing in the national championship game. But watching him in practice, and I know it's not a game, watching him in practice, you just see that ball come out of his hands so pretty, and it's it's so accurate, but he's also got this touch that wide receivers say is better than anybody else they've ever dealt with, anybody else that's ever thrown him a football. It's such a catchable ball, and I think we also saw you know, at times, even when he played in the second half of the national championship, he is athletic. He can make things happen with his legs. That's kind of the, if anyone's in the Jalen Hurts camp, that's what they say about him is that, you know, how do you take that athleticism out? If the passing game is a true threat for Alabama, it opens up so much more for their run game, which is expected to be very strong this year and, and maybe one of the stronger running back cores that they've had in the past, which is saying a lot thinking about Alabama's running backs. So I think, you know, from what I've seen, I'd be very surprised if Tua Tungabailoa doesn't end up being, you know, a star in college football and then even beyond that as well in the pros. Let's go to Florida. I mean, Dan Mullen's been very coy, but – I'm sure he would like to have a starting quarterback, and that has not happened yet. But that doesn't surprise me. Does it not surprise you? How do you feel about that? I would be surprised if he had named somebody at this <laughs> exactly. point. Exactly. You know? And I think that's where, you know, like, why would you name somebody at, at this point, right? You can sort of know within your, your own quarterback room or with your offensive coordinator, whatever it may be, but there's no real advantage in putting it out there right now. Now, I do think, you know, as we inch closer to the season starting and even that first week of the season, first game, they need to go ahead and announce a starter. I think that does a lot for a team, just to know, hey, this is the guy, this is what's going on. And all that mystery around all of it, to me, I think is sort of stupid at that point. But I do understand why now he hasn't done it. And, you know, the thing is, we're looking at Dan Mullen as this guy who's supposed to come in and reinvent Florida's quarterbacks. And, you know, that's the whole thing. Florida hasn't had a quarterback since Tim Tebow. And, you know, everybody talks about it. I would just say for Florida fans and, and me as you know somebody who went to Florida, the way that I'm trying to look at it is a little more realistic in the sense that this may not be an instant fix. This may be more of a, hey, let's put a Band-Aid over a cut that's still bleeding a little bit and see if we can at least just make it work. I think you know some of the people that are expecting an instant fix and an instant makeover may be a little disappointed. That said, I expect Florida to be significantly better offensively. There's so much improvement to be had, and you know so much of that does rely around the quarterback spot. So uh, it, this is a tough decision to be made, and and to me it seems like you know I, I'd be surprised if it's not Felipe Franks, honestly. But even then, you know, there obviously Kyle Trask has been a guy that's been good and. They have plenty of options, so it's just a matter of who makes the most sense. Do they go with the young freshman? I don't know. I mean, that's a risky move, in my opinion. I'll, I'll uh, end with having you give a plug, because uh, you and the gang are getting together again this year. Where's your first stop? Yeah, we're, we're really excited on SEC Nation uh, to get going week one, and we're going to start in College Station on Thursday night, so that's going to be pretty special because – uh, you know, it's sort of the, the official start to the season on a Thursday. Jimbo Fisher making his debut as Texas A&M's head coach. And, you know, unfortunately for Tim Tebow, his baseball season ended early this year because of the injury. But fortunately for us, we did him early, which there were obviously some talks about maybe him being called up to the Mets. And I know he's disappointed with having to deal with a setback with his injury. But uh, we're thrilled that we'll have him with us. And so lots of exciting things planned, and uh, we just can't wait to get the season started. I'm, I'm over here like a K-12 
kid waiting for Christmas Eve and Christmas morning to get this thing going. It'll be fun, and it's always fun when Laura Rutledge comes by here, and hopefully she will visit us as often as she can when college football cranks up in the not-too-distant future. Laura, always appreciate you, girl. Thank you for your time. Awesome. Thank you, Steve. You got it. Thank you. She's just a, she, she is as nice as she sounds. Laura Rutledge. 12.30, time check brought to you by Hayes Prestige Jewelry, where the answer is always yes. I did not know Becky Burley was coming live today. She's in the house to talk about her Gator soccer team. So we'll talk about that next here on Sports.